Welcome everybody to the Seattle Sports Union Podcast. My name is Abraham DeWeese. I'm back here once again to talk about Seattle sports like the Seahawks, the Sounders, and many other items on this here Thursday night. I'm with the soul man, Brian Solak. I'm with the soul cow Seahawk, Robert English. And I am with a damn dirty evil Oregon duck by the name of Matthew Page. Later on the show, we'll have Richard A. Michelson. Uh, But for now, let's hit it with the sports. Let's hit it with the Seattle Seahawks. And let's ask the SoCal Seahawk, Robert English himself, uh, were you right or wrong about Jamal Adams? Oh, man. Let's get right to it, shall we? (laughs) Talk about it. Talk about setting me up here. We, we shan't dawdle. Let's get right to it. Get right to the meat of it. Um, Jamal Adams is the biggest waste of space in the Seattle Seahawks defense. Uh, I, I, and that is, and that is, I, I mean, you guys may remember I was, I, I've, I've championed Jamal Adams over the last, you know, so long, the last couple of years. And, and, um, you know, I'm like, he's going to get right. He's going to, you know, fall into it. You know, if he got injured for a little bit last year, well, case when he gets back, he'll get, you know, get going. No, uh, he, th- this guy is a liability at every turn of the way. If he's not dropping a pick, he's overrunning, a, overrunning a ball downfield. I mean, outside of, again, Jamal Adams has not made one impact play this year. Brian, made one. Br- Brian, that yes. that's big because you were you saw it on TV. You were a witness to Jamal Adams, and you and I actually were kind of on the same page that this guy was the savior. But when that Ben Roethlisberger pass hit him right in the face mask, what was your impression? Uh, I can't. Re- I know you told me to cut down my swearing, but my uh, my response was what the f? I mean, <laughs> it hit him right in the face. I mean, Mine that too. Yeah, <laughs> that could have been a serious game changer. Yet. He didn't catch a damn ball, and the end result is we ended up losing in overtime. I mean, the, the guy has, has, like Rob just said, he hasn't done shit all year. He's he's not worth the eighteen million a year. So your opinion definitely has changed. It sounds yes. like, yep. um, Matt, you were on an island. You were on a boat um, out to sea, and many of us said that's where you belonged. But like Sean Figgins, <laughs> yeah, like Sean Figgins, uh, but. Here it is a year later, two first round draft picks and a third, I believe, um, later. Yes. And we have a lemon in used car terminology. Yes, we do. There's a law for that. Can we, can we, can we use it? Does it apply here? The lemon law? I think we should get a first round pick for that. <laughs> yeah, we, just give us our pick back. We'll call it even. Yeah. You know? Well, and then maybe, maybe I mean, like what we gave up two first rounds, right? Yeah, two yeah, first. Yeah. So we we should just we should just get one because we did take the risk, and you should pay for your risk that you take if you fail. But we should, yeah, there should be a lemon law for for to making a move like we did for an impact player and, and being a complete lemon. We should just get one 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 first round pick. I think that 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 makes sense to me. Do a compensa- compensatory pick like ba- baseball does, right? <laughs> Matthew um, Matthew Page. Uh, I am yes. trying to give you an I told you so moment. Ah, well, I'm sorry for spoiling that. Do you point. care do you care to take that or do you pass on that? No, no, I I mean it was I hate trading draft picks the way we're doing it. I we're terrible at first round draft picks though. I mean our history at first round, second round draft picks is shocking if you really go look at it. So you know, the idea was we were getting a proven player um, who has not performed, but at the time of the trade, it kind of made sense. Um, I wasn't too wild about it, but, um, you know, it, it, it is what it is. At this point, maybe we should call the Jets up and see if they'll take him back and we'll get our first round pick and, they, you know, maybe we'll pay the rest of this year's salary or something. You're not being vindictful. You're not being spiteful. And I wonder what's wrong with you. Because the norm... in a good mood because the Dodgers are winning. That's what's happening. Oh, you mean down 3-1? Yeah, they're winning. That's a good win. Well, they're winning 8-2, to two, but yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, well, I mean... Anyway. No, um, no, no, no. I, I mean... I just, no, I mean let's for, let's 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 not talk about you know the West Jamal. Coast Yankees. Let's talk about Jamal Adams because <laughs> Mr. I Mr. Adams, I'm not happy with. I'm with you guys. I now fear that contract. 
I'm wondering how we can get out of it. That's the biggest, that's the biggest thing is this is a un unbalanced contract mm -hmm. and we are stuck. How much, how much of it was guaranteed? That I don't have, but I, but one thing I think about is like, he's getting paid more than Bobby Wagner. He's not Bobby Wagner. Mm -mm. And I see why the jets got rid oh, of him. Man. It's four years, 70 million, 38 million guaranteed. Okay. So, so you're talking about a, like, if you cut him tomorrow, you're talking about a cap hit. That's going to be in Insane. about the 20, $25 million range. Yep. Well, you're talking about, you're talking about paying a, you know, hall of fame quarterback salary one year you're eating basically. Yeah. I mean, wow. But that might be the right thing to do. That's a bummer. That's a real bummer. Hey, soul man. Yeah. Let me know what you think about your boy from Mississippi state. Was it Mississippi or Mississippi state? DK Metcalf. Ole it's Miss. Ole Miss. Ole Miss. Ole Miss. All right. Oh, if you're referring to about the play at near the end of the game in the fourth quarter, I thought that was a him trying to make more out of a play, which he shouldn't have. I mean, obviously we saw what happened. He fumbled the ball and we got lucky with one second left or whatever it was, um, which led to the next day, which he was being a little baby on Twitter with Shannon Sharp. I mean, Shannon Con Sharp context, out. context on that one, please. Uh, pretty much Shannon Sharp called him out for a, a stupid play on, on his part. And Metcalf's result, he, he told him, told him to calm down or something. He called Sharp a little boy. And I didn't see any, any of the, the remainder tweets among them, but I, I thought that was a pretty stupid move on Metcalf's part. I don't know if he didn't know who Shannon Sharp was. Oh, there uh, was more. How do you not know who a Hall of Fame tight end is? Well, Metcalf's he, made a lot of stupid decisions i know he's a one of our you know he's a hell of a player Not but very, uh, yeah upstairs art. yeah and i mean I, I i do agree it was a dumb play on his part i mean we got lucky and and fortunately we were able to kick the field goal and go into overtime but quick quick side note right. i do want to point out uh freddie swain deserves an amazing amount of props for having the foot was it freddie swain who had it a, was freddie swain that jumped on the fumble to get the hell up and run to the line of scrimmage so that they could snap the ball real yeah. fast. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and he, he jumped exactly. And he jumped on the fumble too. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. But he knew to get up and run and he did. And, and he saved the game basically. Rob, well, Rob, you had a regular time. Rob, when Brian was talking about the Shannon Sharp incident, mm -hmm. you had a disgusted look because for those of you, uh, on, you know, on our audio podcast here on Podbean, as well as Spotify and iTunes, um, you may not be able to see that we're doing a zoom podcast here and Rob did not have a good, I don't know. Your aura went from yeah. like, you know, we were feeling you blue. You, you just, and then you, you went doing, then you went to like, just like gray and like, yeah, you I mean, know, like just camera like went red a little bit, mm -hmm, you know, right. like you were just mm -hmm. like my, my temperature started to rise. Too right. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Your chakras. Was, we're yeah. misaligned <laughs> when, when they talked about Shannon Sharp, uh, can you, it seems like you want to say something about that. Yes. You know, just, and just to give a little more context into that. So, I mean, just to, just to rewind the tape just a bit, obviously DK Metcalf, if he hadn't fumbled the ball, if it had gone perfectly perfect to plan, you, you, you slow down, you, you, you lower your shoulder, you get another six to nine inches, you step out of bounds and, and then you go yeah. do what you're supposed to do. That's what he intended to do. It didn't work out that way. So of course, the, the the pundits and the experts out there are going to say just go out of bounds and the obvious thing to do is just go out of bounds you were on the sideline those extra inches probably weren't going to make a difference you didn't have time to do anything much more than that anyway so the smart thing to do was to go out of bounds okay we can forget about that part but then when when a truly great one when a hall of famer when a when a class act of a person football player and all those, you know, you know, appropriate buzzwords. When that kind of person speaks on your game, in this in this game, when they speak on your action in a, in a football game, you just need to shut up and listen. And and it wasn't even so much the first back and forth, you know, you know, calm, you know, what do you say? Quit, 
quit quit checking on me, little boy, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, Shannon Sharp said, little boy, like, young man, like, check out my resume. <laughs> yeah. Like, if, if anybody has, you know, has the, um, the ability to speak to you about what you do or don't do on the field, it's me. And then his follow his follow up tweet to that DK's was by the way it looks or something like that. I could wipe my with the poop emoji with your mm. resume. And I was like, oh my gosh, DK, like he literally just went Cam Newton as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, like, it, it, that, 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 that's like on the same level as, as Cam Newton throwing his little, you know, B word fits. And he lost a lot of points in my eyes. That dude better go out there and play some serious football for the yeah. rest of this season if he wants to really, I mean, not that I'm anybody special, but if he wants to get back into the grace, good graces in my heart, he better go out here and ball for all the way through week 17 or uh, week 18, because, um, you know, it, uh, uh, yeah, he's, yeah, that, that's, there's no good. He's out there making mistakes and then acting like a child about it. Now he did uh, the next day go out and, and he actually did, you know, kind of reverse course um, at Shannon Sharp to kind of, I do think do some damage control, but I'm like, dude, like, you know, and, and I, I don't know if you guys saw my my post that I made earlier this week. I I, I just kind of put, put some some bullet holes on on what we're what we're, the state the status of the Seattle Seahawks right now. Franchise quarterback out, rising star receiver acting like a child. <laughs> four games out of the division and a game one game out of out of a wild card position. Things no don't, starting running back. No starting right. Oh yeah. See, I didn't. I, I just. I just touched the surface. Right. I was waiting for you to say that. Yeah. I was. Just, you know, my, my whole thing about running backs. That's going to get into a whole other conversation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll but get things, there. We're going to get there in a minute. Yeah. We will. Right, the word yeah. that you were looking for, as far as DK Metcalf, is does he want to become transcendental? You know, does he want to elevate himself to be a uh, legend? Just want to be legend. Yeah, definitely. And then. You know, somebody like Shannon Sharp has that gravitas, has... Who is a legend. Who is a legend, exactly. He's on a terrible show with a terrible human being. Oh, God, yeah, he's... he's, he's but... Professional. Uh, His job classification right now is, pardon my French, professional asshole. Um, you're talking about Skip Bayless. No, yeah, but he's he's right there with Skip. <laughs> I've watched a couple episodes and it's, like, um, toxic. It's entertainment. It's not sports reporting. Yeah, it's professional mm-hmm. asshole. Anyway, right. Shannon has his own show now, though. So, yeah, he he's a good guy. I, li- the- I respect the hell out of him and I like him. I just don't like him on that show. The point is, uh, as far as D- DK Metcalf goes, I've been seeing this kind of deterioration. I've talked about it prior, you know, prior shows. And unfortunately, it's manifesting, it's coming true. I was hoping for a Fit- uh, Larry Fitzgerald. We're ending up with a Antonio Brown, and I don't like it. And I'm, uh, you know, I look at across you know, across the line of scrimmage over at Jamal Adams. And he's, he thinks he's much better, much more valuable than what he really is. I don't know. I'm, I'm, and I know I've been accused Rob, Matt, of, of, of telling ballplayers to shut up and, you know, just play. But my God, for dangerous words, but for (laughs) DK Metcalf, for DK Metcalf I, and Jamal Adams, I would wish they would shut the hell up. And like, I don't, I don't mind them talking, but just don't take football to the face in, in pivotal situations on the field. Like, I mean, come on. No, like you're that. right. The, you earn, mm-hmm. you earn that kind of right. Right. And well, I would have, uh, yeah. if I was a coach, I'd say, okay, no social media the day of the game. Period. You can't do that After, with professionals. You can't do that with professionals. Oh, I would. I would. I would write that in their contract. Yeah, I'm and sorry. you'd be out on your because butt like part of, Tom Coughlin. Part of DK's part of DK's problem was that he was reacting with when he was still mad, feeling. No, hang on. <laughs> We're yes. going down this tangent. I am taking this down the road. No, no. I <laughs> yeah. I don't care. No, you do. Well, that's why you're not a head coach in the NFL. Well, I uh, obviously no, I'm not. Yeah, you know, I don't care what kind of cool little beret you're wearing right now, but like, you know, you cannot tell a professional what they can do in their daily (laughs) lives. If they want to hang out all night, uh, you know, they're going to hang out all night. The only thing you do, the only weapon you have is to cut them. And when you have a $17 million a year player like Jamal Adams, you can't cut him. You're stuck. You're stuck. You want to, but you're stuck. So what do you do? Okay. What do we do with I realize as I look at Brian and Rob, 
It's as if mommy and daddy just got into an argument at the dinner table. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, 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 you know, the two kids are just sitting there like, um, can I play Nintendo? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <Maybe> excused. <laughs> but I would like to get the soul man. And I would like to get the soul. Kelsey Hawk. Okay. Uh, Matt what? and I, Matt and I will shut up for a minute. Well, I just want to ask one question. What do we do with Jamal then going forward? <clears throat> Okay, we'll shut up for a minute and we'll let Brian and Rob chime in. <laughs> Jamal, I mean, you're asking about Jamal. I mean, we got to stick it out with with the rest of the season, see what happens. I mean, only we can only hope he's going to improve a li- little bit, but it's a hefty contract. We're not going to cut his ass in the middle of the season, so we'll just see what happens. Yeah, there's not there's really nothing we can do. I mean, you can um, you can either you know, take the cap hit or you can let $18 million sit on the bench. I mean, there's, there's that, that's, you're really just stuck. I mean, unless of course there's some team out there who hasn't been paying attention who go, Oh, Jamal Adams, he's good. We'll trade for him. <laughs> you know, but I don't know that that, ha- that happens. I mean, if everybody sees everything. So um, yeah, we're, we're, we're stuck with this. Maybe this guy will, will shape up. Maybe he'll, maybe he'll, you know, you know what it is? It, it, he'll catch a, he'll catch a, a tip ball interception one of these games and everybody will start, start talking about how, oh, Jamal Adams finally coming around and it won't be the case. You know, like that's kind of what happened with Ryan Neal. Ryan Neal caught two tip ball um, uh, interceptions mm-hmm. and everybody was like, oh, Ryan Neal, he got a, he got his own piece on NFL Network the following week. And, you know, and I was like, okay, everybody calm down. He's not the, the next Richard Sherman out here. Okay. Like just relax. So um yeah we're, we're stuck with this guy uh, hopefully we can figure out how to scheme him into just being a disruptive force in the backfield because we know it's not happening in the secondary well, you, you mentioned you mentioned you can't put him on the bench would would putting him on the bench maybe for a week and letting him think things through with that maybe put the fear of uh fear of god into him or you know i don't know not necessarily but give him a head check you know you can't do that and i realize i'm my my phone is blowing up from our next guest, Richard A. Yeah. Madison. He <laughs> thinks I'm wrong. He thinks I'm an idiot. Well, you're you know, always wrong. It's a good guess. I'm not always wrong. <laughs> I chose this outfit tonight to wear. It's, it's looked pretty good. Um, but the <laughs> but the deal is, well, I know on an audio podcast, you know, that doesn't track very well. <laughs> what you're but, wearing uh, matters. Yes. Okay. But I do match tonight. Right, nice, um, nice cracking jersey, by the way, asshole man. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. The point is... <laughs> <laughs> the, the point is like, it, it just, we're stuck. And I, I want to throw this at you guys. Was this Steeler game winnable or is this who the Seahawks are? Like, did we just make some colossal mess ups or is this what we should expect for the saints on Monday night? Uh, start with you, Matt. This is who we are right now because we're playing like you know like rob said we don't have a starting running back we don't have a we don't have our hall of fame run a quarterback we don't have a defense that's apparently coordinated we don't have all these things going on we've got too many distractions this is this is who we are and um unfortunately you know i was very optimistic last week i was like maybe we can maybe maybe with gino at the helm we can we can run this offense and we can do all that i was i was the most positive out of anyone i think and uh I have to completely revise my predictions. I don't think we're going to beat um, New Orleans, even though I really don't respect their quarterback. What do you think, Rob? Well, I mean, to say that this is who we are, I, I mean, there, there, there is an element of truth to that, but we, we should have pause. You know, Russell Wilson's not on the field. That game is different if, if just number three is out there, you know, um, uh, just, just that alone, you know, um, now, you know, um, the defense didn't actually play that bad on, on, uh, on Sunday night. The, the defense actually was, you know, you, you could, you could, I, I could rest. I went to bed resting easy knowing that the defense actually played pretty good. Um, despite, you know, the, the first half was rough. We went down 14, nothing, but held them in check the entire second half. Um, defense wasn't, wasn't, you know, it wasn't embarrassing at all, um, uh, on, on Sunday night against Pittsburgh. Um, so there's some, there's some maybe light at the end of that tunnel. Um, New Orleans is a team that is hot and cold. They've shown that this season. Um, I'm looking like 
if we can just manage a pass rush, we can force uh, uh, their quarterback. Is Winston going to be playing? Winston's going to play, right? Yes. Okay, yes. so I, I say you force Winston in, into making some throws that might hit Jamal Adams in the face. Um, <laughs> you know. Uh, <laughs> So uh, I, I see I see this game coming up going um, not unlike the last one. Um, and I think maybe maybe with just the, the, this another week of, of, of practice and preparation, uh, we can come out on top of this one. It's at the clink. It's not the clink. It's at Lumen. It's at the light. <laughs> the light the lighthouse. Do we have a nickname for Lumen Field yet? Not yet. No, not yet. Okay. I call it Seahawks Field. <laughs> the original name, right? Yeah. So, so, man, so the. Uh, you got differing opinions. You got one that's a little more uh, pessimistic and one more, a little more optimistic. Uh, let me get where you're at. What's the temperature? Where do you gauge this team? Is it a, is it, do we, you know, set up, set up shop and uh, try to make some money or is this close it all down and, you know, do the, do the rug sale, you know, go for everything must go high quality number two <laughs> or draft or round two draft pick. Because <laughs> we don't we, have the we, first one, we should not throw in the towel. I think Pittsburgh isn't that great of a team. I think the game should have been more winnable. I mean, we ha- we certainly have the talent on defense. I agree with Rob that the defense played pretty well on Sunday. But I, I mean, obviously, if Russell Wilson was playing in the game, it would have been a different story. But I think Ros- Russell Berger is old, and obviously, he had the quick pass. Uh, you know, that's how the, his game is right now. But that team isn't very talented, I think, except for TJ Watt on defense. I mean, and Micah Fitzpatrick, but we should have, Cameron we, we could have won the football game. And I don't think we, I mean, as of this, this Monday against the saints, I don't, if we win, it's because Matt Hasselbeck's going to bring this team magic. Cause they're inducting him <laughs> in the hall of fame at halftime. <laughs> they want the ball. Cause they're going to win. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? The Minka Fitzpatrick thing really bugs me right now. Because about this time last year, I was pissed off that he was not select. He he was not traded for yeah. by this team, I and agree. instead they went for Jamal Adams. I mean, like I still was, you know, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I, I I thought Jamal Adams was going to change this team, and last year he did contribute to changing the defense. Um, but I thought Minka Fitzpatrick was an absolute steal, and I don't know why the Seahawks couldn't have given up. I think it was like a fourth rounder. For this guy and instead we do very much yeah i know we did it was it was you know pennies on the dollar uh that bugged me and no i i agree with you guys uh with some of you <laughs> like the game was winnable and very winnable and had we had a little less stupidity on a couple people's parts had a couple people been who make a lot of money made their made their money. <laughs> um, it was ultimately winnable. And I, I, I feel the same way about the saints next week. Got a question for all of you. And that's going to be, if, if you think that Alex Collins, I'm going with the running game here. Can he, can he take Chris Carson's job? I mean, I, you guys know this. I like the, I like the, uh, SEC's all-time leading rusher. I was annoyed that he got traded to the Ravens, and I think that uh, at this point in the career, he's better than Chris Carson. I'm going to throw that out there and see what you guys think. I'll go first on that. Um, I mean, last week I said I wasn't too high on Alex Collins. I thought it was more of a backup, but, I mean, he, he proved me wrong, obviously, during the football game, especially in that third quarter, but, he, he he is hurt so i mean he got he got a couple injuries so he wasn't able to play the full football game and i don't even i don't even know if he's gonna be playing this monday night so i mean he, if he, he stays is. healthy if he stays healthy i think he could produce chris carson numbers possibly even better but he didn't right. practice today he was supposed to but he didn't he wound up not practicing okay but we'll so see we don't happens. know if he's gonna play i think he's if he's healthy though i think he's just as good as chris carson that's my opinion anyway Go ahead, Rob. I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm always, um, hesitant to, to give anybody a crown, you know, uh, Collins has been good. Um, 
in my opinion, only in the stead of Chris Carson. You know, he he comes in and has and makes good plays. Um, now Sunday Sunday night he had a great game. Uh, absolutely, like that that's undeniable. Um, but I think what happens all too often, and I can't say this is going to happen with Chris Carson, but what happens a lot is you see somebody who you only see in spurts and they seem to be so, you know, they seem to be so good. And then when they actually are on the field, you know, full time, that just disappears. Um, and I, and I would, I would caution against that, but Alex Collins did go to Baltimore and rush for a thousand yards. So, you know what I mean? Uh, it, I, I it, there, we might have a different situation with Alex Collins. He has, shown that he hits the line with purpose um you know i don't see him doing a lot of dancing around even when he gets stuffed he's usually falling forward um you know it's something that we kind of saw with chris carson but it seems to be kind of going away uh, in recent years and maybe because he's been maybe he, he's just been used up you know we we battered and beat the hell out of chris carson you know so um maybe this is just an eventuality maybe chris uh, uh alice collins is just the next man up to do the same thing to him, to him that we did to Chris Carson. We've talked about this, him. We've talked about this on this show. Is that the Pete Carroll style? Is it to burn through running backs? Because we saw a promising young star from Central Michigan named Thomas Rawls, who lasted all of six games. I don't know how many games, but he had like a two hundred yard game, and like, uh, but the style was antithetical to what he can do, and he ended up, you know, just ruining his body. Maybe Chris Carson's the same way. Maybe Alex Collins the same way. What do you guys think? I think the Thomas Rawls thing was so sad because you remember that year where he was just running over everybody. I think it was when uh, Marshawn was hurt, right? Mm -hmm. um, and or was Marshawn gone? Marshawn was gone. No, I think he was hurt. Marshawn he was, was hurt. hurt. Yeah. And and he was he hurt himself. I think he broke his ankle against Baltimore at Baltimore, and he was on pace to break the rushing record. He wasn't yeah. going to do it. We know that, but he was on pace to break the rushing record when he broke his ankle at Baltimore. And so I was like, dude, forget, like, forget it. If Marshawn can't come back, Thomas Rawls is running the ball. You know what yeah, I mean? oh yeah. But, uh, but uh, he, yeah, he, you know, he, he just, you never, you don't, you don't, you often don't come back from, you know, broken bones like that. You know what I mean? It's just, it's tough. Brian, Matt, what do you think about the running style of this team? Is it, does it set people up to get injured? I mean, just injury after injury. CJ Procise, Shock Penny, Thomas Rawls, Chris Carson. What do you guys I mean, think? Or is this I, just all weird circumstance? I mean, what you're saying makes sense. I mean, it could be just a weird circumstance, but it, ever since Marshawn, Marshawn was done here, I mean, every seems like every running back that we've had who, who we had, had promise doesn't seem to last an entire season, so... God, that's a great question, Abe. I, I just—I know it's a great I question. I know it's a great question. Uh, I asked it. Um, all the questions I asked are great. Yeah. I'm like, um, I'm like Trump. It's all great. It's all. Uh, great. Yeah. all right. um, I was gonna say, I don't think it's a symptom. I don't think it's a symptom localized to our team. Um, okay. You know, looking across the league at other 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 uh, teams, it's you know there. Every team has has been going through. Running back is a hard position. It's hard on your body. It's hard on you know. It doesn't matter who you are these days. There, I mean, name a, name a running back out there that's top of the game that has always shown up for every single game of the year the last you know three years. You can't. They don't exist. Everyone misses time. Everyone gets hurt. Um, you know, the, the best in the game, you know, what Saquon Barkley has missed a bunch. Uh, um, Ezekiel uh, Elliott on the injured reserve again, killing my fantasy team. Um, you know, I mean, it they're they're all it, it's a very physical position that that uh that eats up a lot of players' careers, unfortunately, in the, in the, in the current league. So, this is just the NFL. I think it's just the the NFL today with the you know with the linebackers getting faster and bigger and the linemen just being enormous and fast and and it's just you know it it's a symptom of the style of play of today. Um, I think we should have been better about building our stable of running backs. I think it's building a stable of running backs is probably the best way to go because you're going to plan you're going to have to plan on people missing some time. I don't think we necessarily built the best stable um I, I i do have to give alex collins a lot of a lot of props i was down on him last week he showed me completely wrong uh all credit to him he showed up and he played and it showed and he was ready and i and i absolutely admire him for that but 
I think he's a change of pace back. I really do. He he had a great game, but I think he's a change of pace. I think he'd work well with with Carson, but I don't think standalone as a starter. I, I long term, I don't think that's going to happen. Okay, last question uh, before we move on to Sounders talk, and that is going to be just your one key takeaway, uh, not takeaway, your one key to the next Monday night's game. Um, what do we got to do? I mean, like, what do we got to do to either stop them or what do we have to do to fix our own mess? Uh, I'll start with you, Soul Man. Great, another great question. I, think I know defense, it's a great question. I asked it. Yes. <laughs> the, defense, the defense needs to do a better job, obviously. Uh, I mean, where, where's our pass rush? I haven't seen our pass rush pretty much all. Yeah, where's Carlos season. Dunlap? Where is this dude? It, it, exactly. And Benson, whatever his name is. And Mayoa. Mayoa and uh, Jamal Adams. Was doing well until <laughs> that <laughs> happened. But I mean, our defensive line needs to step it up on Monday night if we're going to have a better chance. I think. I mean, that'll that'll help a little bit with our secondary issues. And I mean, this is ridiculous. It seems like for the last, it seems like the last twenty years, we we can't seem to get a consistent defensive line. It's really frustrating. Matt, do you have a different uh, key to the game? I really, I mean, there's two things. One, we need to figure out who our second cornerback is is it Sidney Jones no it's is Trey Brown play? It's, it's Trey or Brown, Trey Brown it's gotta be Trey Brown take that spot um and number two we really need that pass rush because I, I think I think uh uh I think it was Rob that was said it we need we need to make uh Jameis Winston throw balls right at Jamal Adams head um and, and I think the quick you know he has a tendency to throw a lot of interceptions it's been his entire NFL career he's always done that he makes mistakes. He makes quick decisions. He's not, he's just about as smart as DK Metcalf. And so he, um, you know, get pressure on him. He'll make mistakes. And then we've got to capitalize on that. Okay. Rob, other than the defensive line, do you have a, <laughs> right. I was like I, the two defensive lines in a row. I was like, Oh gosh, now what am I going to say? <laughs> <laughs> um, I wanted to say that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. For the, for the, you know, for the sake of consistency. Um, yeah. Th- I mean, for uh, I'll just lead with it. It has to be the defensive line. We've got it. We've got to get a pass rush. Um, we've got, uh, but as a, you know, a, a tag along on that though, it's really getting the ball away from the offense, um, you know, turn, turning the ball over, like to, to get, we got to force turnovers. And that again, goes back to the pass rush, but if we can get some good pressure on the quarterback, I think we can get some turnovers whenever uh, against San Francisco, we got a pick. Um, was it a uh, DJ Reed? Did he get, get that pick? Um, uh, you know, cause we were getting to the quarterback. Um, mm-hmm. We've got to find a way to, um, to force some turnovers. Um, and uh, additionally, um, maybe even more importantly, especially now, um, we've got to protect the quarterback. Uh, you know, uh, that's been our Achilles heel for a long time, but I, I saw Gino taking hits, you know, where he didn't really need to be, um, you know, not that he was doing, he, he wasn't even doing the Russell Wilson thing where he was holding on the ball too long. It was just collapsing on him, you know, and I was really hoping to see that he might be able to, uh, when the opportunity presented itself, uh, use his feet. Um, but, but he took a few sacks. I was like, dude, what's this guy supposed to do? You know what I mean? You got the backup quarterback and then you can't even give him enough time to look down the field. Um, I say, if we, if we can just get, get Gino a, a couple, another second and a half in the pocket. And then as has already been said, you know, just get a little pressure on these quarterbacks, especially Jameis Winston. Um, I think things can bode well for us on Sunday, uh, Monday night. I agree guys. D line, where the heck are you guys at? And then, you know, similarly, O line, you got to step up. No more, no more, uh, Wilson in the backfield. Hey, Rob, Soul Cal Seahawk himself, do you have any shout outs? We're going to move on to a sounder section of this show, but I want to, I want to send you out on a positive note. Mm-hmm. Do you uh, care well, to give I'll any shout outs? Go quietly into the good night. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. You know, I'll tell you what, my shout out is going to go to Shannon Sharp hmm. for telling that punk DK Metcalf oh. what he really <laughs> needed to hear. You know, um, you know, that, that, that I, I'm, I'm all for that. You know, I'm, I, I'm learning as I get older. I'm, 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 you know, I'm, I'm rounding the bend. I'm getting, I'm getting close to 40 years old. So these young kids, you know, I don't understand them anymore. These whippersnappers and all that kind of stuff, you know, like these guys, these young, I don't understand what these young kids anymore. I don't understand what DK Metcalf is thinking. 
Um, social media age is, 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 is crazy. So you know, my shout out goes to Shannon, to Shannon Sharp for giving uh, DK Metcalf a piece of his mind and let, you know, let them hear something he needed to hear. And maybe just maybe that'll, uh, you know, snap him into shape. Kids these days. Thank you. Good job on you, Shannon. (laughs) Thank you, Soul Kelsey Hawk, Rob English. Uh, Where can people find you if if, uh, they they want to challenge you? If they want (laughs) to challenge you. Or uh, or stalk you a little bit? Yeah. Yeah, you know, I I welcome all. I welcome all. Some light stalking. Light stalking. (laughs) Hey, go hard or go home. You know what I mean? Um, (laughs) uh, uh, You can find me on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, um, and Spotify, uh, Short Yardage with the SoCal Seahawk Robert English, and get all my uh, uh, unlicensed professional opinion about the Seahawks. And your Twitter? And and Twitter is at Rob underscore English 13. Check me out. Fantastic. Thank you, Rob. Have a great night. Have a good night, Rob. Later. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. All right. We're going to bring on Richard A. Michelson, our Sounders expert here. And uh, he's going to give us his unfettered, unimaginable, uh, what what other uns do do we have? Unimpeachable, un, un, unimpeachable. Uh, un, it won't be unintelligible. In, indefatigable, un, un, yes. unfavorable. In, in gra- about Abe, ingratiated. Um, yes, um, Richard A. Michelson, welcome to the show. <laughs> thank welcome. you, thank you, thank you. Uh, I'm just over here slaving over a hot microphone. How are you guys doing? Tonight? We're we're doing fantastic. Is it, is it really that hot in Utah? Well, no, but. Uh, Man, the, the the hot takes tonight, man. I I gotta I gotta tip my hat to all of you for bringing it. And um, at the same time, I hope you all have a, a couple of beers or whiskeys or something to to nurse along, given the given the subject matter of the night. But like, but there's a team. This is a Sounders segment, but I'll just I'll just give my quick my yeah. quick take. Okay. Is, um, it's time to end the Pete Carroll experiment in Seattle. Wow, mm. I don't know if it's an experiment. Yeah, you know, does it, it would definitely it definitely twelve was. years. I mean, comprised he was kind of disgraced coming to Seattle. Like, yeah, he had the big college reputation, but he was on on the outs in college football. He couldn't get a job there. Yep, and he took over a really mediocre team in Seattle, and basically got his job saved by Marshawn Lynch going crazy in the playoffs against the bad Saints uh, secondary. But um. Are, now what's what, what's bringing this on do you think the time has passed him by i think the time has passed him by i mean when you're giving press conferences trying to explain to the press well let me explain to you what about my defense and what my defense is trying to do and the, the, the fact of the matter is um i'm, I'm going to quote quote a seahawks legend chuck knox uh yeah. coach of the seahawks when i was a when i was a, a youngster just uh, l- learning about football and he said, like, I have, a, I have a way that I want to play, but I have the players I have. And wishing I had different players doesn't make it any different. I have to adapt to the players that I have. You don't put the, so, round, the round stick through the square hub. Yep. And so he had, for just for example, for a little while, he had uh, Kurt Warner, the original Kurt Warner, who was an amazing running back. And he had uh, David Craig. And those two guys could do this thing called a sprint draw option and they could fool a defense you you really couldn't tell if it was going to be a play action off the sprint draw or if it was going to be the real sprint draw and they would just run it over and over and over again and then kurt warner blew out his knee and then kurt warner was done (laughs) and he was never the same player right yeah but he had this guy named giant williams fullback well you know what you're supposed to do with fullbacks right three yards in a cloud of dust Uh uh-uh giant williams is the best receiver on the seahawks chuck chuck knox adapted he threw the ball to chuck john l williams like 10 times a game, right? Yeah. Coaches adapt their players and their and their situations to to the resources that they have on hand. There there and- was a there there was a term called ground chuck which mm-hmm. was the chuck knocks of the uh LA Rams. Yes, I'm saying LA Rams because in the 7 days they were. They were the LA Rams. Yep. yep. And yep. there and Buffalo Bills where he and through the Kurt Warner years at Seahawks, where he was ground and pound three clouds, three yards in a cloud of dust. Then round 88, yeah, you're right, Rich. They called it Air Knox because he went to more of a Don Coryell, uh, you know, maybe not Don Coryell, maybe more Bill Walsh-esque mm-hmm. um, yep. 
pass-oriented offense, because you had the John O. Williams, because you had the uh, Steve Largent, you had Brian Blades, and you also had Daryl uh, Turner. What, what was his nickname, Brian? Uh, oh, Sweet Feet? Uh, was it Sweet Feet? Deep Treat? Oh, my gosh. Deep Feet? I forget. Um, yeah, Daryl Turner. But you oh, had like, also, Seahawks legend Paul, Paul Scancy was the – was yep. the fourth wide receiver in that in that group yep um but yeah he, he he adapted to the talent that he had to try to win the game and i'm gonna i'm just gonna quote something on on uh on i think it applies to all sports right um but it says well attack i'm quoting myself but what i i, I tweeted this a, a little oh my while god ago. what an ego on this guy i know right <laughs> but but uh a great i haven't a tried, great man once said, said any better a great man once said go on rich yeah well <laughs> tactics need to be flexible enough to adapt to each unique situation and opponent's strengths and weaknesses tactics also need to provide a bedrock baseline to fall back on when nothing goes right um and then um I think that that is the issue with um, a lot of the problems with the Seahawks. They don't have any bedrock to go back to. There is no bedrock. Um, like the Flintstones bedrock. Is that what you're talking about? Well, I mean, just something you can build on. I mean, you look, look at the great Mariners team in the nineties. They Fair were enough. built on great power hitting. Um, and um, quite frankly, bad relief pitching. But um, <laughs> but then they then they retooled right, and then the 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 great Mariner teams in the early two thousands were built on actually fantastic put, starting pitching. Put the game in motion, hitting, and right? put the game like, in motion. Yeah, put the game in motion. So my point is is that you got to adapt to the talent you have, and I don't think that Pete Carroll is doing that. He wants to do what he wants to do. He just doesn't have the talent to do it because it's not USC and it's not two thousand one. Uh, real quick, Abe, Daryl Turner was the touchdown maker. That was that was not the nickname I remember. Me. Oh, okay, but I, I feel was... like he was called Sweet Feet or Deep Treat or Sweet Treat. <laughs> I will work on that for you. Big Feet. I forget what it was. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, yes, thank you, Rich, for for that. Uh, we we need we need to move over to Sounders. We got a couple questions for you. Brian's got a couple questions. I got a couple questions. Fire away! Fire All away! Right. I'd love to talk some Sounders. So. Um, Brian, I'll let you start first. Okay. Um, first of all, congratulations to the Sounders. I mean, I know that they qualified for the playoffs pretty, pretty much pretty early. It seems like in the season and mm -hmm. I saw that they won last night. So they, they're like the qualify for the top four in their, is it the they conference tied. or division? They tied last night. They tied last night. They, oh, I'm they're sorry. in, um, I'm just pulling up the standings right here. They are uh, in the second slot in all of Major League Soccer. They are in first place in the Western Conference. They will have a home field in the playoffs uh, in the Western Conference. If they make it to the Major League, uh, to MLS Cup, then um, they're, they're they also not, more, more important. There's one team ahead of them in, in overall record. More so. importantly, they are six points ahead of yes. the next team, which, which in soccer uh, terminology means they are two wins ahead of the okay. next team so so tell me what's i mean how how much of the season do we have left i mean tell me tell our listeners what's going on with the sounders right sure, now give sure. a brief synopsis so so uh they just came off a, a, a two-game uh road trip um which uh they had one of those games down in houston houston has always been a nightmare trip for the sounders to go to houston it's always hot it's always humid um, the field is usually in terrible condition and just historically, they've never really been able to, to, to come away with points, uh, against Houston in Houston and Houston's got this player named Darwin Quintero and Darwin Quintero is, he has the talent to be the best player in the league, like Carlos Vela, like Landon Donovan at, at his peak. Okay? okay. He, he is insanely talented. The problem is the guy has no motivation. He doesn't want to play. He doesn't want to have to play hard. He doesn't want to have to practice hard. Um, and it's not like an Allen Iverson situation. Practice? We're talking about practice, right? Allen Iverson would hated practice, but he'd go out and ball. No, I think this is more of a 
this is more of a Daryl strawberry type is yes, the way I yes, think that of is an excellent analogy. Daryl strawberry just doesn't try hard. So how much cocaine is involved? I don't know. <laughs> not, enough. not enough. Not enough. But oh, okay. every once in a while, every once in a while, every couple of years in major league soccer, this guy pulls <laughs> just some pure magic out of his hat. And he, he dribbled through four Sounders players in the box and then unleashed a curling looping ball into the corner, um, which was a game winning goal that uh, in, in Houston. And um, and the other the other goal they gave up was one of these goals where um, the guy kicking the ball doesn't even look at the net. He was tracking the ball the whole way, making sure he struck it because he knew where the net was. And then he blasted. And this is a guy who, again, can't score more than about six goals a year. Um, and, but every once in a while, when he gets close enough, he just can't miss. So we, we had a bad game, um, uh, last weekend. And then on Wednesday, we went to Colorado at altitude, Colorado's in third place. They're a really good team. Their coach has been, um, you know, he's really maximized his talent. They're a really low budget team. And, uh, we got a, a road point without, um, without a few of our players, just, um, one point to make. The Sounders are having, I would say, probably their second or third best season ever. They are doing it without three all pros. Okay. Last year, we had three all pros. Raul Rui Diaz, Nicholas Ladero, and Jordan Morris. All were, were, were best 11 players. Okay. Jordan Morris has been out the whole season with a blown out ACL. And miracle upon miracles, he actually is going to probably play in the next two or three games. He is back. Wow. He's been approved to play. Wow. He's passed medical. The coach is like, I would have, I would have put him on the field like, you know, like a month and a half ago. But um, he had to get through medical approvals. Uh, he's been approved. So we're probably going to see him uh, the last couple of games of the season. Nicholas Ladero had a, a second knee surgery. He's been approved to start practicing in full. As soon as he's fit, he'll be back. Uh, Raul Uri Diaz um, strained something very slightly. He's been recovering um, and spending some time with his family in Peru. He's on his way back. Um, and uh, I think he landed uh, earlier today in Seattle, if I'm not mistaken. So anyway, we're playing a lot of these games with only one of our all pros or zero of our all pros. And we're winning these games. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that, that's something to be really, really excited about. Here's the other thing to be excited about. So Saturday night, we play against Kansas City. They are the team that is in second place. We're six points up on them, state two full games. If they win in Seattle, then they're only one full game behind us. But if we win, we completely knock them out. First place is ours, home through field through the playoffs until major league, you know, MLS Cup. Um. And then we have LAFC, who've been terrible this year, much to everyone uh, in soccer's delight, because they were supposed to be like the the end all be all. Okay. No, the the no MLS wants them, yes. to be front and center, and they're not. <laughs> so so I I have to explain something to you. It's like the Yankees or the Cowboys. Like there's nothing they would love more than to have them in the championship game. Okay, so this is. The Sounders at this point are the Yankees of the fifties. Oh, wow. Yeah. But the problem is the Sounders are breaking the model of how, like, like think about the NBA guys. Like, sorry, I'm going to go on a tangent here, Rich. (laughs) Think about the NBA. The NBA needed in the nineties on Michael Jordan. Mm -hmm. They needed a Shaquille O'Neal. They needed all this. What would have happened in the nineties if a team like the LA Clippers won every year? Like NBA, I don't think would have been as popular. Yeah. Agreed. Might not have yeah, survived really. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yep. I mean, once watch the Clippers, I mean, we have, we have superstars by talent, but we do not have superstars by nature. Does that make, does that mm-hmm. ring with you, Rich? Does yes, that ring absolutely. true? Absolutely. We do not have the big names. Um, like basically we sign guys that are incredibly talented, just as, as talented as the big names. And then they become big names in Seattle. Yeah. 
is 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 basically what happened. I would so, say I would say it's like the 1991 Giants. If anybody remembers that team, like the team that lined up across them in the Super Bowl had all the Hall of Famers, all of oh, them. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And they got beaten by O.J. Anderson. You uh-huh. know, well, and Lawrence Taylor. I guess Lawrence Taylor was on there, but I mean, you know, you get what I mean. Like there was, you know, Pepper Johnson. You know, there was there's a lot of guys that were very, 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 very good. And they were at every position. And, you know, I feel like that's what the Sounders were. Although I do have a question for you, Rich. Mm-hmm. Last night, uh, Benazet played instead of Will Bruin at the forward yep. position. What's with that? Okay, so I I don't know about the lineup choices. But Benazet, I'll t- tell you what. This, I'm sorry, Benazet, yeah. Benazet. So he, he's, a, he's, a, he's a Frenchman. He was actually on Toronto's, um, Toronto FC's, team uh the last time we played them in mls cup and beat them and he was a very very good player um he got traded to colorado was extremely unhappy got hurt and basically went on the trash heap okay and i'm gonna i'm gonna quote um uh jeremiah oshan who who runs uh sounder at heart and is the 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 lead reporter for the sounders like if you if you want to know what's going on with the sounders honestly he is the guy to go to he is he's excellent, but he his uh, this was from um, the game against Vancouver when we beat them four to one um, ten days ago the, the weekend before last. So the favorite stat from from this match: Will Bruin, Kellen Rowe, Freddie Montero, and Nico Nicholas Benazé, four Major League Soccer vets acquired for basically nothing, combined for three goals and six assists in this game. Wow! So they did the job. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then, then he also said that like Shane O'Neill was also um, on that list. Like he's come in and been a, like a, a major, a major guy in the rotation of the defense. Um, and then um, we've also got left, left back Jimmy Madronda who only scores banger goals, which are like incredible shots. But anyway, uh, I'll get to why Benazay has been playing. Benazay has been playing out of his mind. That's why he's, that's why he started over Will Bruin. Um, and that Will is still coming back from uh, meniscus tear um, and surgery earlier this year. So he's not up to playing as hard as he normally does. So that's that's part of the reason. It was also that we're doing, again, in one of these things, we're playing three games in seven or eight days. And so it was a, it was a game at altitude, and uh, Benizé didn't play hardly this season. He's not nearly as tired as, as, as a lot of the other players. So that's part of probably part of the reason, but also his, he, when Ben is on the field with, um, with Raul Ruiz and some of all the starters are on the field. This team at times can look like uh, the 2014 team that had Obafemi Martins and Clint Dempsey and, uh, Lamar Nagel, where it was just like wave after wave of Sounders attacking the goal. And if, if one guy didn't get you, then the other guy would, I mean, that he has that kind of feel and ability to just create offense out of nothing. And Brian Schmetzer, the head coach loves that. He loves the, the offensive mind of, of Nicholas Benazay. Plus of course, the, the actual talent to put the ball in the back of the net. Okay. Okay. I got, I got a quick two-part question. I mean, hopefully sure. it's a quick two-part question. Ah. Well, I'm, it might be longer with my... With Rich talking, yes, it'll probably be <laughs> I wasn't a 45-minute answer. Um, Sounders, you, you should be. Sounders qualified, <laughs> obviously, for the playoffs early. Here's my first question. In the major leagues, when, the, when they qualify for the playoffs, a lot of teams tend to lean towards their reserves more. Uh, um, one is that something the Sounders did or they're going to do or any soccer team in general, do they do that? And then two, when did the playoffs start? Uh, the playoffs don't start till um, that's the easier question. The playoffs don't start okay. till mid November. Okay. Um, the season ends in early November and then there's a international break, which I know Abe and Matt hate international Ooh. soccer interve- interfering with, with uh with the the club season but that's that's whoa, when... whoa, whoa 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 i don't mind if they take a break on mls games for a while okay. and then do the international stuff i hate it while they do it while they're doing the MLS okay stuff okay and steal our players ah. or fatigue our players so that we then lose 
Well, there's there's going to be an international break, uh, more World Cup qualifying and whatnot in uh, in early November. So, okay. um, but after that, then the Major League uh, Soccer playoffs uh, start. Um, so that's the the easy part. The, the The answer is that soccer teams have to rotate their players. Okay. Um, regardless of how, like, if they want to push hard for the for the for a playoff slot or um, you know, maybe a league record for the most points or whatnot, or they're, they're trying to win um, the regular season um, supporter shield for the, the team with the best record. Uh, you don't often see teams do what NFL teams do where R- they know rich, rich. I think it's all the, I think it's more like MLB, isn't it? Like you're yeah. going to use all the bench at you're some gonna point. Use all the bench. And, and, but at this point in the season, unless you're fighting tooth and nail to get into the playoffs, you're really trying to figure out who your best 11 are. Okay. Who, who, what is the group that, you know, on that playoff match, which is, you know, now they're, they're one and done playoff games. There's no more two, two parted, you know, two part series. Right. Um, and, you know, for good or for ill. So it's, it's a one and done. So who, who's going to give you the, the most oomph, who's ready, who's rested. How do we balance that? Keep people, you know, keeping people sharp, but also getting them enough rest so that when that playoff game comes around, you can, you can perform. So they don't, they don't take the foot off the gas. I would say that the best way to explain it is it's kind of like in major league baseball, when you have, you know, maybe, you know, you're like the Giants or the Dodgers, right? Like those guys were kind of fighting tooth and nail, but also to a certain extent, they were trying to figure stuff out, right? And rest yeah. guys, they both knew they were going to be in the playoffs. It's just a matter of who, who was going to be wild card and who wasn't. Maybe that's a bad analogy, but that top team in baseball or that, you know, the, they often, they'll, they'll realign their rotation. If they lose one game, it's not that big a deal, right? Like it's that kind of thing where they, they're not necessarily – tanking like the nfl teams do when they when they quench the number one seed oftentimes they'll literally run out the whole second string and not play a single starter or maybe the starters play like one series and then go to the bench yeah and they're in you know t-shirts and shorts for the rest of the game um (laughs) it's not it's not like that with um with soccer okay got a question for you rich yep there is an effort by actually sierra and russell wilson and the rest of the Sounders to get the FIFA World Cup in 2026 to Seattle. Yes. yes. How probable is that? How possible is that? Like, I think that it's very possible, and I'll explain a couple of reasons why. Um, number one, it's just just the history of soccer in the Pacific Northwest. Okay, it, it is one of the bedrocks of United States. Um, um, of soccer basically it's it's one of the one of the one of the areas that's just crazy for soccer and always has been going back a really long time um second we've we've su- successfully hosted things like world cup qualifying um uh, back in 2013 we had a round of that um we were um part of the copa america centenario the 100 year um centennial for the copa america which is south america's big um tournament that they hold uh, when all of the uh, South American national teams play each other and then invite a couple of other teams to come join in and to make like a 12, a 12 team tournament. There's 10 South American teams that, that, that are part of that confederation and they bring in two, um, two invites. Oftentimes United States or Mexico are one of the, one of the inv- in, in invited teams. So uh, we, we were a host city for that tournament. Um, second of all, Gillette stadium, in uh, middle of nowhere, Massachusetts. Foxborough. Yes. Horrible town. Um, anyway. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's how I really feel. <laughs> horrible, horrible soccer stadium as well. Like that, that is an NFL stadium. Like you want to talk about not a soccer specific stadium. That is, that is horrible. The crafts have really want the, the world cup to come to Foxborough to the point that they are going to rip out the artificial turf in Gillette stadium and put down grass and the crafts own who again in Europe on um, the crafts own, of course, the new England Patriots, but they also own the new England revolution. And in England, they own 
Um, I have no idea. Don't Arsenal? They, somebody? I, I don't know. No, that's uh, that's the guy who owns the Rams. The Kronky. Rams. Okay, I get the, the confused. Cronky owns the Rams. Okay. Yeah, Kraft, I think, owns uh, uh, Liverpool. Oh, okay. No, no, that's that's Fenway. That's Fenway Sports Media. Oh, I got them mixed up. My bad. Yeah. yeah. My bad. Anyway, they're all insanely rich. Not the point. The point is that for the longest time, having a grass field in New England is like, no, we're never going to do that. 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 Now they want the World Cup and they're going to rip out the grass. Here's the no, thing. That, 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 that brings a question. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, you, mentioned, you mentioned the quality of the fields and stuff. I'm curious, yeah. who, who do you think has the best field? in the u.s for for soccer Ooh, so they play a lot of games at the rose bowl and they also play a lot of games at uh, is it great for soccer yes it actually is um and they also play a lot of games at the big house in michigan okay the the they put a lot of money at both of those stadiums into the actual turf itself now i mean like you asked about like is it the best place for the rose bowl is 100 years old and the yeah. big house is probably right behind it. Close to that. Yeah. 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 So maybe for creature comforts, it's not the best. But if you're asking actual about the pitch, field, the, you know, the yeah, actual, the like, pitch conditions, yeah. the, those are probably in the high, uh, you know, in the higher end. Okay. I'm, I'm going to say that the, probably the best, the best fields to actually play soccer on um the 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 fields that i've heard the least complaints about probably los angeles uh lafc's uh field uh bank of america stadium and in california uh, southern california uh it, they're never going to play a world cup game there because it only holds twenty thousand people it's just not it's just not yeah. realistic actually rich you know you know the one that also gets a lot of play mm-hmm. is uh the uh stadium in glendale arizona oh yeah yeah that's that's right they have real grass don't they, they have real grass and, and it's in the, very the good mm-hmm. it's in very good condition yeah yep. so anyway my back back to this world cup in seattle there, there was a big delegation that came out on um, this last weekend they were actually out here longer than any other place and this is a guess there's a little bit of speculation my guess is that if they're told um Seahawks stadium needs to have grass for the world cup to be there, that that will happen. Yeah. I mean, it's it, interesting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we've put down grass before, uh, for exhibition games. Why wouldn't we yeah, do it? No, but I'm talking like the field will be a grass field mm-hmm. on a permanent basis. Cause they'll the, just convert. They'll just, yeah, they'll rip out the field turf and they'll put in, they'll put in grass. Mm. We'll see. I always we'll wondered see. why it wasn't grass already, to be honest. <laughs> well, because yeah, I mean, especially with modern, modern grow, like modern techniques to, I mean, we, we can grow grass in the middle of the winter here in Salt Lake when there's like three feet of snow on the ground and there's grass in the soccer stadium growing just fine. So yeah, they have no problem over in, well, sorry, T-Mobile park right, right. next door. So. Yeah. so, well, there's a lot of grass being grown in Seattle. Uh, but it's not that kind. Uh, uh, I've, I've been in Brian Solak's backyard before. I've seen yes, it. you have. Um, You're supposed to repeat that, though. <laughs> uh, as we uh, like to I do. I have not seen this backyard. Now I kind of wonder. <laughs> I've never seen his backyard. He won't invite me to his house. Oh, but anyway, God. the uh, that's oh. it for our show tonight. I want to thank our guest, Richard A. Michelson, the Ram. Brian, Brian, the soul man, Solak. Uh, actually, he's a co-host, so you're not a guest. Um, so you don't deserve thanks. The soul like gal Seahawk, Rob English, and that damn dirty evil Oregon duck, Matthew Page, who is also here. Uh, but we like to end our show on a positive note, so we like to do shout-outs. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and start the shout-outs myself. And that shout-out's going to be the Seattle Kraken. Uh, you guys have done an amazing job of rallying uh the local fan base you've gone out to stadiums like spokane portland everett kent and you know really made a name for yourself um big ups to them i'll move this over to brian 
I got two quick shout outs. One, um, I know Matt, shocking as well as always. Normally I have more, but um, one to my brother from another mother, Jeff Curtis. It's his birthday today, so I want to wish him a shout out. Happy birthday. And I want to wish the best of luck to my Washington State Cougars this weekend, especially to the seniors who have gone through a lot of bullshit over there. So I hope you guys crush BYU this weekend. Ooh, and speaking of BYU, Rich, you have a BYU household. Um, but rather than, rather than uh, eviscerating Brian Solak, <laughs> we're going to stay positive. And what, uh, what um, shout-out do you have? I, I hope that the, uh, the, the Red Cougars uh can can channel some some rage and some disappointment and some some everything to play their their absolute best and uh defend defend the school um because i think that um just in general i this 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 is like another hour-long conversation but um (laughs) individuals putting themselves above the good of their school uh is antithetical to college football period no, no one's bigger. No one's bigger than the school. No one's bigger than the program. But my shout out, my shout out is to two very fun retro video games, Retro Bowl and Retro Goal, that have sucked up hours of my time, and have been super fun and cost ninety nine cents, and I love them and they're great. So and what are they uh, available on? They're available on iOS and they've got awesome music. Okay. Well, they're not paying for this advertisement, but thank you. Um, and also, uh, I can tell that your wife does not listen to the show, Rich, uh, if you're rooting not. for Wazoo over BYU. Uh, Matt, you're last up. Shout outs. Uh, yeah, I want to give, I want to, well, my, my shout out is, is uh, it's great to hear Daryl Taylor. He had an experience, he had a scary experience in the, with the, uh, the Seahawks on on uh the game and um you know it scared the hell out of everyone there um but we all you know he 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 checked out just fine um he was at practice today um apparently he's only complaining of a sore neck uh so everything is great he wants to play he told pete and he told the press he wants to play he's not going to play this week um but he was having an amazing game he's really developed as a great player uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing him back on the field and, you know, continuing to be a better and better um, rush threat. We really need him on that D-line. And uh, I, I think it's great that, that uh, it, how it all turned out. It, I'm, I'm really happy for him. I mean, that, that he's okay. Great. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening to us this week on Podbean, on Spotify, on iTunes. And uh, check out all our great content on SeattleSportsUnion.com as well. Check us out on social media at SeattleSportsU. That's on Twitter as well. Like us on Facebook. I think we're likable. At least a couple of us are. (laughs) So we'll see you guys next week here on Seattle Sports Union Podcast. Have a great day, everybody.